Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. A few years ago now, I was, I was coming home. I, I did a trip to the shops and bought some groceries. I was coming home. I drived up my driveway as I always do, parked my car, got out of the car, went through the front door, walked down the hallway and put my groceries on the kitchen table. I started putting my groceries away and all of a sudden I hear a knock at the door. Now there's different types of knocks if you're familiar with uh, uh, them and you know, occasionally you might get the sort of the, right, that little friendly knock and you're like, yeah, that must be someone I know. It must be a relative. You know, I'm not worried about that knock, right? There's the other knock that your kids do. My kids do this and um, you know, where they just constantly knock. They're just like, you're like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm getting the key, like the key's in the lock. You're trying to, and they're still just knocking away. And it goes on for like five minutes. You open the door. It's like, I said I was coming. It's like, yeah, I know, but you were too slow, right? And they're just like, it's so annoying. And then there's the knock, you know, that's sort of like the, it's that sort of, okay, this is a, this is a different knock, right? It's more an authoritative knock. And it was that knock that day that I heard at the door. So I left what I was doing. I headed back down the hallway. I opened up the front door. And I was taken back for a moment because there was a police officer standing on my front porch. Now, I don't know about you, but when I get confronted by police officers, I start to take a moment to think, you know, did I do something wrong, right? I start to think back through, you know, did I run a red light? Did I, I don't think I, I definitely didn't steal something. I didn't hurt anybody. You know, like, what, what is this officer doing on my front door? And as I'm trying to think, you know, why would he be here? He proceeds to tell me that the reason he's followed me home that day and knocked on my door is because my driver's license is expired, right? I know I'm not perfect, right? And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I don't remember, you know, I, 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 I don't, I, I haven't looked at my driver's license for ages. You know, I didn't know that the date would pass and I don't even remember receiving anything in the mail to say that I should renew it, right? I think it's surely if I got something in the mail, I would have done it. So I said to the police officer, I said, sir, I am so, so sorry. I said, that, like, this is a total surprise to me. I didn't even know it was expired and I, I honestly, I don't remember receiving anything in the mail to say to renew it, right? Now, it's about this time that my wife has heard there's some commotion. So she comes downstairs and she's standing beside me and she hears the officer explaining what's happened and she hears him proceed to say, I'm sorry, sir, but I'm gonna have to write you out a big fine. And you're not gonna be able to drive the car until you've got it sorted out. You know, and in that moment, I could just feel my wife's pride for me, just oozing out of her. I mean, she was just like, oh, you are an amazing husband. Thank you for wasting our money, because you idiot, because you're disorganised, right? Now my wife's a lawyer, so I'll put that into context for you, right? So she was just so proud of me at that moment, right? So after she hears this, she proceeds to turn around and walk away, right? And I'm thinking, you know, she she's, must be very upset with me. That's why she sort of said, hey, I'm not involved in this. You sort it out, right? So I'm standing there and I'm thinking, you know, is there anything I can say? Because now I'm panicking, right? I'm, I'm in like, oh no, I'm in real trouble. I'm thinking, is there anything I can say that maybe might make a, a slight difference? And then it occurred to me, you see, you may not know, but I have a twin brother and my twin brother just happens to be a police officer, right? And uh, he's been one for about 17, 18 years or so now. And uh, so I thought, I wonder, I wonder if he might know my brother. I wonder if I can slip my brother's name into this conversation. Maybe that might make a difference, right? So I'm thinking, how could I do it? So I thought, all right, 
I, so I said, I said, sir, honestly, again, I just wanna say, I'm so sorry. I said, if I, I honestly don't remember receiving any paperwork in the mail. If I did, I definitely would have renewed it because I, you know, I appreciate authority. In fact, my brother's a police officer. You might even know him. He just works in the station down the road, right? I thought that's pretty good, right? I was happy. Anyway, he looks at me, he looks me over and he's like, you know, you, your face did look a little bit familiar. And that surname, you know, I thought I'd heard that somewhere. Yeah, I think I might actually know him. And I'm thinking, this is fantastic, right? I'm like, yes, I've made a connection, you know, through association of my brother. I'm practically one of them now, right? And there's no way they're gonna pinch one of their own, right? I think this is amazing. At that exact moment, my wife arrives back on the scene. Now, I thought that she had left because she was upset with me. But what she had actually done, she had left to go through our papers to actually see if I'd genuinely not received that letter. At the exact moment, I'm making a connection with him. It's going well. She comes around the corner. No exaggeration. She's like, I found it. I found it. I found your renewal notice. I'm like, babe, seriously. Right? We're just making a connection here. I'm standing there. I'm like, I'm done for. Oh, I'm in real trouble now because not only will he definitely give me that fine, but he's gonna come down even harder on me because now he thinks I've been lying to him the whole time. Right? Now, honestly, I didn't know I received that letter. I had no idea. And here I am in big trouble. And so he looks at me. He looks at my wife. He looks at the despair on my face. <laughs> and he says, you know what, mate? Have a good day. And he walks off, gets back in his car and he takes off. Right? Can I tell you, when I shut the door behind him, man, I had a moment of celebration. I was like, yes, this is awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, right? Because I was in big trouble. Whether I did it on purpose or not, I had broke the law and I should have paid the price for what I had done. But that day, the compassion and grace of that officer set me free, amen? <laughs> Wherever you are, sir, I appreciate you. You are a legend, right? You know, I think back over that time, and that was quite a few years ago, and I still get excited about that, but guess what? That grace He showed me today is nothing compared to the grace that Jesus Christ has shown me, amen? It's not even close. You see, because His grace that day, it saved me from paying a couple of hundred dollars and perhaps sleeping on the couch that night, right? But God's grace, God's grace saved me from eternal death. Jesus Christ's love turned my life around, gave me a hope I could never earn or deserve. What Jesus did for me can never be matched by anybody else. His grace has touched my life like no one else can. And for that, I am forever grateful. I'm so grateful. That is why today, Resurrection Sunday, is a celebration. Because when He rose to life, He gave an opportunity for us to be raised to life too, amen. And so I wanna shout, I wanna praise Him, I wanna thank Him for how good he has been. Do you know that the first words that Jesus spoke after His resurrection were to Mary and He said, Mary, why are you crying? The first thing He said is, why are you crying? That's so powerful, you know why? Because He's, he's trying to tell her, this is not a moment for crying. This is not a moment for weeping. This is not a moment for despairing. This is a moment for rejoicing. This is a moment for praising. This is a moment for celebrating because the price has been paid an opportunity for your life to be changed has now been given. 
This is a moment to praise Him because He has victory over it all. You know, I pray. I pray that we never get familiar with what Jesus has done for us. I pray we never get familiar with the sacrifice because what we have found in Him, you cannot find anywhere else, amen? In John 20, Mary comes looking for the body of Jesus after His crucifixion. It says in John 20, verse 11, it says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. So here's Mary, she'd come looking for Jesus, but she'd come looking for him in the tomb, but he wasn't there. Perhaps we could say she was looking for the right thing, but in the wrong place. You know, I believe there's so many people in the world right now, they're looking for the right thing, but they don't realise they're looking in the wrong place. They're looking for love. They're looking for joy. They're looking for peace. They're looking for purpose. They're looking for acceptance, but they can't seem to find it because unknown to them, they're looking in the wrong place. You see, if you look for what your heart desires in the things of the world, if you look for that sense of fulfilment and satisfaction in what the world has to offer, unfortunately, you're gonna be let down because it can't fulfill the desires of your heart. In fact, in the Bible, there was a king by the name of King Solomon. King Solomon was an incredibly wealthy king. In fact, uh, in today's economy, he would be known as a multi-trillionaire. He had so much wealth. You know, it's pretty safe to say that whatever the world had to offer, he could have, and he could have it so easily. All the pleasures, all the experiences, all the things the world said, have this, have that, this will be what you need. He could have it at just the click of his fingers. And one day he decided that he would do that. He would live a season of his life where he would try all the pleasures of the world, everything the world had to offer. And so he went through this season and he gets to the end of it and he writes this in Ecclesiastes 2 verse 11. This is his conclusion. He said, but as I looked at everything, I tried. It was all so useless, a chasing of the wind. And there was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. After trying everything the world had to offer, Solomon was left just as empty and unfulfilled as before. See, maybe there are some of you here like that, or maybe some of us, you connecting online today, and and like Solomon, you've been listening to all those voices tell you, try this, drink that, take that, do this. If you do that, then you'll find that joy, that peace, that fulfilment, that purpose that you're looking for. And you've tried all those things, but like him at the end, you just still feel like you lack purpose. You've felt empty. It's not enough. Well, if you've felt that way, I have some good news for you today. And that is, although you may have been looking in the wrong place and not been able to find it there, the right place, the one in which you can find it actually isn't that far away. In fact, He's much closer than you might know. 
You see, you read on in the story of Mary at the tomb, and we discover something pretty amazing. It says this in, in John 20, verse 13. They asked a woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. Verse 14, at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked a woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned towards him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. See, in that moment, Mary discovered that everything she had been searching for, everything she hoped to find was actually right there the whole time. She just hadn't realised it. And whether you realise it or not, everything you've been searching for, everything you hope to find is actually right there for your two. If you would just take a moment to turn around and recognise him. You see, the one in which you can actually find everything you need is Jesus. And here's what I know about Jesus. He is only a prayer away. If you would just open up your heart and pray a prayer to invite Jesus in, to start that personal relationship with Him, friend, you will find everything that your heart desires and even more. That love, that peace, that joy, that acceptance, that purpose, that freedom that you are hoping to find and all those things that promised they could do it, you'll find it in Jesus. He's the one who can satisfy your life like no one else can. The keys can join me. You'll find it in Jesus. In the Gospel of John chapter four, Jesus finds himself at a well it just so happens there's a, a, a Samaritan woman there that day also drawing water from the well. He turns to the woman and he says, would you bring me a drink? And the woman, she's a little bit confused. In fact, she's a little bit surprised because Jesus was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. And at the time, they never spoke. They, they actually hated each other. But Jesus said to her, would you bring me a drink? And she said, well, why are you asking me for a drink? And in classic Jesus style, his question is really a setup. He says to her in John 4.10, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Confused, she looks back at Jesus and she says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And then Jesus replies to her in verse 13, he said, anyone who drinks the water, this water in the well, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It will become a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And what he's saying to her, he's saying, you can keep trying to satisfy the desire of your heart on the things of the world, but your heart will still remain unsatisfied but you connect with me and your heart will find everything you need and you'll never need to look anywhere else because I am the one who will satisfy the desires of your heart. You see, if you're here this morning and you're watching online, you're wondering why, why do these people get up early every Sunday morning? 
to shout and clap and sing and dance and do silly things. Why would they do that? I wanna tell you, friend, it's because Jesus Christ has changed our life. It's because what we've found in Jesus, we know we can't find anywhere else because His grace has turned us around. His grace saved us when we were in so big trouble. It's because my heart is now full of joy and peace and hope and life. I tried all those other things. Many people in this room tried all those other things and nothing satisfied like a relationship with Jesus. It didn't even come close. And then in Jesus, it's like, oh Jesus, You're the one. You're the one and You were right there the whole time. All I had to do was turn and say, I need You, Jesus. And You connected with me straight away and all the things I desired come into my life. And I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to deserve it. I didn't have to do anything to win it. You just freely said, here it is, take it. Everything you desire is found in Jesus. It's in Him we find the greatest love. It's in Him we find the greatest peace. It's in Him we find the greatest joy. Simply in Him we have found what we cannot find anywhere else. And to know that the searching is over, to know that I don't have to search any longer. I don't have to stress and strive to try to find it, to know that in Him I've found it. Wow, that is an amazing feeling. No wonder He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burden, you will find rest for your soul. Because you've connected with the One, the source of all your heart's desire. You know, but as awesome as that is, and, and as, as great as we wanna celebrate that, that is not the only reason we celebrate today. We don't only celebrate because He's met the desires of our heart, but we also celebrate because through Him we have received eternal life. Amen. See, the Bible tells us clearly that we are all sinners, including myself. We have all fallen short of God's glorious standard of perfection. And the penalty of falling short of that standard, the Bible tells us, is death. Now, there are two types of death that people can experience. The first type of death is physical death. That's where we breathe our last breath and our spirit is separated from our body. But the other type of death you can experience is spiritual death. And the difference between spiritual death is spiritual death is where your spirit is separated from God. So with physical death, your spirit is separated from your body. Spiritual death, your spirit is separated from God. And this is the penalty that our sin demanded we pay. Like a straight jacket, sin had us bound. And the more we stressed and strived, the tighter sin pulled its grip. There was nothing we could do to escape the penalty of our sin. But God, rich in love and mercy, sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross. And Jesus came willingly and He allowed them to nail Him to the cross and His blood spilt out for us. The Bible says He became a sacrifice for all of our sins, past, present and future. And He hung there and willingly paid the price of death for us so we didn't have to. 
and they put him in a tomb. And for three days, they thought, well, maybe it didn't work. Maybe our faith was in vain. But then on the morning of the third day, the stone was rolled away and Jesus was resurrected back to life. And when He came back to life, He had victory in His hands. He had defeated death. He had defeated the sting of death and He gave us an opportunity by giving our life to Him to receive eternal life too, that we too could be raised up with Him into heaven and glory. Jesus said of Himself in John 11, 25, He said, I am the one who raises the dead and gives them life again. Anyone, 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 doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter what people have said, doesn't matter what people have made you think about yourself, anyone, anyone who believes in me, even though he dies like everyone else, shall live again. He is given eternal life for believing in me and shall never perish. Amen. You know, I've heard, I've heard a number of people over the years express this idea that people who believe in Jesus did that because they needed a crutch. Their life was not going well and so they just fell into religion and believed in Jesus to hopefully make themselves feel better because they couldn't get the strength to get themselves back up. But what they don't understand when they say that is whether you are wealthy or poor or sick or healthy, successful or unsuccessful, famous or inconspicuous, whether everything is going awesome in your life or whether everything is going very difficult, your need for a Saviour isn't related to any of that. Rather, your need for a Saviour is found in the understanding that it doesn't matter who you are, you could not save yourself. We were utterly helpless. We could not save ourselves. There was nothing we could do. And that has nothing to do with what your lifestyle looks like right now. But it does have everything to do with where you will spend eternity. You breathe your last breath. Hello, thank you so much for watching this video today. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you that even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, 
purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.